welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Good morning. Hallelujah. Please have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. He is heavy in this place this morning. Have your way. We thank you. We thank you, we thank you. Oh, Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for picking and choosing this cracked vessel to fill your anointing with. I thank you for the Church of the Redeemer for all that they have deposited in my life. Continue to use us, have your way. Hide me behind the cross. These are not my words, but you are using me to deliver them. And for that I am humbled and I am grateful. In Jesus name, amen. Good morning, Redeemer. So first I want to say thank you to Reverend Smith for hearing my heart and not only seeing but believing what God was doing in my life. I want to say thank you to the ministerial staff, to the deacons, the deaconess, the trustees, and the greatest members on this side of heaven. The Church of the Redeemer Baptist in South Philly. My son um, and I got here, we were basically orphans because we're from Florida. We're not from here. And you guys loved on us something serious. And to my son in his absence, he's at work watching. We are forever grateful for that. So thank you. All right. Today's text. Pastor read it, I'm going to read it again. Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33. Please stand if you're able. I'll be reading from the NIV translation. Immediately. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 
Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As Minister Richardson told us a couple of weeks ago, with your mask fully over your nose and your mouth, turn to your neighbor to your left and say, what did you tell your storm? Again, turn to your neighbor to your right. What did you tell your storm? Come on. It's Advent season, and we are in preparation to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, Minister Richardson preached about hope, and we learned through Elizabeth and Mary's connection that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Today, on this second Sunday of Advent, I have the honor to stand before you talking about peace. As I just told you, I am from Florida. And in Florida, hurricane season is from June 1st to November 30th every year. Every year, Floridians prepare for hurricane season, whether there is one actually coming or not. We prepare because we are in the season of storms. There is a potential, a hypothetical storm coming, so we need to be prepared. Truth be told, not everyone prepares because there's no real guarantee that a storm is coming until we see it out there in the ocean. When we don't prepare and the storms come, we're often left like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Because we can't find the items we need to be prepared for the storm. Everyone is shopping for candles, canned goods, waters, snacks, and so forth. To avoid the chaotic shopping, lots of people began preparing for hurricane season before June because we know there is a potential for storms and we need to be prepared. If we do that for potential storms during hurricane season, how do we prepare for the guaranteed storms of life? And trust me, the storms of life are coming just like clockwork and just like hurricane season. And I'm going to stand here flat-footed and say that the storms of life are coming 
because God never promised us an easy, storm-free life. The Bible is a trauma story wrapped in God's love for us. Every story in the Bible has a layer of trauma, tragedy, and chaos. And it's God's promises that he would be with us in the storms, never leaving us or forsaking us. If life is always free from trauma, then guess what? God would not promise us anything. We are a Bible-believing church, so I don't want you to believe me when I say God will never leave us or forsake us. The word of God says in Deuteronomy 31 and 8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. In Joshua 1 and 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 28 and 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hebrews 13 and 5, keep your life free from money and be content with what you have for he has said I will never leave you nor forsake you God never leaves us or forsakes us and today's text reminds us that the prince of peace is always with us previously in the text Jesus had found out that his dear cousin John the Baptist had been murdered he went to be alone with his grief, but the people followed him. So he fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus was grieving, yet he found a priority in meeting the needs of the people. We mean so much to Jesus that regardless of his pain or the sacrifice that has to be made, he never leaves us or forsakes us. My brothers and sisters, our text this morning tells us that Jesus sent the disciples ahead of him. He dismissed the crowd and he went up into the mountains to be alone to pray. The disciples were in the boat heading to the other side when this storm occurs on the Sea of Galilee. The location of the Sea of Galilee makes it subject to sudden and violent storms as cold winds over the eastern mountains drop suddenly into the warm air that covers the sea. The heavier, frigid, bitter, cold air drops on top of the peaceful, stable, calm, warm air. This sudden change in life, I mean weather condition, produced the storm we see in this text. How many times in life have you been minding your business, going along peacefully and calm, and boom, out the blue, there's a health scare, an issue in a relationship, an unexpected bill, your child is misbehaving, your job security is in question, your car breaks down, it drops right on top of your calm and peaceful life. Everything is stable, and then boom. Life is chaotic and you're in a storm. You're scared and in trouble. 
You went from being safe in your boat, and now all you see are waves from life, and you are being tossed and turned by the winds, and you can't get your footing on solid ground. We, too, experience storm-like situations similar to the disciples in Matthew 14. But on this second Sunday of Advent, I want you to remember. Look at your neighbor and say, God already knows. God knows what we need before we even ask. Jesus didn't rush to show up when the disciples were in the storm because he knew peace was there. He knew they were safe even when they didn't. The NLT translation tells us in verse 23 that Jesus went up into the hills to pray and it became nighttime. That means it was daytime when he went up there to pray. And while he was there, in verse 25, it tells us that it is now 3 a.m. When he came down. In verse 24, at this point in time, they are far away from land and in the storm. So can you imagine when they went out in the boat, it was probably sunny and beautiful and peaceful. They had just watched Jesus perform a miracle. They were probably relaxing, laughing, and having a good time. Man, did you see what Jesus did? He fed all those people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we have 12 baskets of food left over. Life is good. And then boom, the storm came. In all of my assumptions, what I do know is they forgot who they were with. They never called on Jesus. They sat there afraid for hours and hours. They had just witnessed Jesus perform miracles. In fact, in Matthew 8, they were in the boat with Jesus when he calmed the storm. And in today's text, probably in the same boat, they never looked for him. My sisters and brothers, isn't that just like us? God's reputation is solid. He never leaves or forsakes us. But when the storms of life show up, the traumas in our life show up, we forget that the peace of God is with us. We experience traumas like poverty and racism, sexism, food insecurity, health issue, abuse, financial struggles, relationship issues. It's not necessarily the event that is always the primary problem. It's the effect the event has on our social, our emotional, our physical, our mental, and our spiritual life. Our bodies and our mind remember the feelings of abandonment, of shame, of grief, of doubt, and loss of control. And it is because of what we see and feel, we forget to call on God. We are being knocked around by the winds and the ways of life. And I would argue that Jesus felt their fear and doubt because he knows our hearts. 
And he came walking into that storm confidently, peacefully, and lovingly towards them. In verse 27, Jesus says, what are you scared of? I'm here. So I ask, what are we scared of? Jesus was there in the water, and Jesus is here at the Church of the Redeemer. Jesus is here in our life. So what are we scared of? The peace of God is here, Redeemer. There is no storm that can destroy the peace of God. So why do we give more power to the destruction caused by the storm than we do to the one who delivers us in the storm? Because it's scary, right? We see the destruction caused by the storm. So we say, I've seen this before. I remember how this felt in my body the last time. It didn't work out the last time like I wanted it to. This hurts. What about my kids? What about my relationship? What about my bills? Remember when I did this? Remember when I did that? God isn't going to show up for me. You don't have to be honest with me, but be honest with yourself. Because God already knows what we feel deep down in the pits of who we are. But God, in spite of us and because of us, there is no health scare. There is no relationship struggle, no job issue, no unexpected bill. There is nothing that can destroy the peace of God. There is nothing that can destroy the love of God. There is nothing that can destroy the healing of God. God already knows what we need before we do. He is with us at all times, even when we can't see him or don't call on him. Look at your other neighbor and say, focus on God's word. In verse 28, Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. One word. Come. So today I ask, are we prepared for what we ask God for? Peter didn't just ask to walk on water. He asked to walk on water in the middle of a storm. In the middle of a storm. The place he was just scared in. Do you understand how great that is? How powerful that is? Peter said, Lord, if you are with me, I am willing to face that which terrifies me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever told God you're going to stand flat-footed in the midst of chaos and trauma and deal with whatever is thrown your way? I know I'm not alone. It's lots of Peters out here with me. We say, Lord God, I give this situation to you. It will not dictate me or my life. Have your way, God. And then just like Peter, we take our eyes off of Jesus. And we focus on the winds and the waves knocking us around in the storm. And we begin to sink. We begin to doubt. And it feels like we're spiraling. And it feels like we're having difficulty breathing. 
were flailing and were fighting to keep from drowning when all we had to do is refocus and look at peace, look at Jesus. Jesus was in the storm before Peter walked into the storm. So think about it. The easy thing to do would be for Jesus to calm the storm. But he didn't. <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't Jesus who calmed the storm in Matthew 8 not calm the storm in Matthew 14? Because he'd already done it. What does that mean? Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. So when Jesus said, it's me, what are you afraid of? Their faith should have been activated, but it wasn't. Their peace wasn't activated. It wasn't for them, and often it isn't activated for us. Not only do we remember what we experience, but being tossed and turned in those waves for hours and for some of us years affects us. My parents failed me. My marriage failed me. The school system failed me. My community failed me. The politicians failed me. The health system failed me. My church failed me. And now you want me to believe that God won't fail me? But, re but Redeemer, God does not fail us. God is closer than a brother or sister. God loves us more than our mother and father. God is the ultimate judge, teacher, healer, and politician. He will not leave or forsake us. God is reminding us that he will provide for and protect us in the storms of life because there is so much safety and security in his arms. God says, I am here. I am here before you even get here. God says, I am making a way out of no way. God will not leave us or forsake us. Say that with me. Make it yours. Activate your faith. God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. We have to open our mouth so we can push past the doubt that we see, activating the faith that we need. Touch yourself and say it out loud. God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. This is how we begin activating our faith and living in the peace of Christ. Peace isn't simply the absence of conflict, but total and complete wholeness and togetherness brought on by restoration of a broken situation. Peace isn't simply the absence of conflict, but total and complete wholeness and togetherness brought on by restoration of a broken situation. And that restoration comes from Christ through our faith. Our faith in Christ is increased in the storms of life. Peace is in the storm ensuring we successfully survive it. We have to believe that because it is so. So say it again. 
God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. Life is going to happen. I'm not going to pretend like this is easy. There are some situations that we can give easily to God. But honestly, there are some situations that we are sinking at because our bodies and our minds are remembering the pain and the abandonment and the shame from the last time. But remember, God will not leave us or forsake us. So when Jesus says, come, he means, I am here, Deacon George. I got you, Deaconess Lily. I'm not going anywhere, Sister Nina. I will not leave you, Reverend Smith. I will not abandon you, Minister Wilkins. I see you, Bishop. I know what you have been through. Trust me. Come. So I want you to say to yourself, take that step afraid. I would argue that Peter being a fisherman, walking, working in particular in the Sea of Galilee, he was familiar with the storms and the instability and destruction they can bring. I would even argue that Peter knew the amount of work required to repair damage brought on by storms. But yet and still, he desired to be in the middle of the storm with Jesus. The other disciples who mostly were also fishermen, like Peter in the same Sea of Galilee, didn't even get out of the boat. Why? I wonder if it's because he remembered what Jesus had previously done in Matthew 8, while in contrast, the other disciples didn't. Isn't that just like us? Forgetful. Do you remember what happened in Matthew 8? Only six chapters ago, Jesus calmed the storm in the Sea of Galilee. The disciples were in the boat. The storm came. They were panicking and screaming while the Prince of Peace was in the boat sleeping. Jesus said, why are you scared? Where is your faith? And calmed the storm. Now, because God loves us so much, he gives us another opportunity to seek him in today's text. They are in a boat in the same Sea of Galilee. The storm came. They were panicking and scared. And Jesus came and said, why are you scared? I am here. Has that ever happened to you? It has happened to me. I was in a storm scared. God got me through it. And another storm came. I was scared again. And God got me through it again. The enemy wants us to look back and focus on the last time we thought that we were going to drown in the storm. While God is saying, look back and see me. I was there all along. You were never in danger. I saved you then. I'll save you now. I'll save you again. The enemy wants us to focus on the hypothetical while God is saying focus on the historical. I saved you then. I'll save you now. I'll save you again. In the storm in Matthew 8, peace was there. And in today's text, peace is there. 
A few weeks ago, Pastor Smith preached, I follow Jesus to trouble, deliverance matters, where he told us in between coming out and going into new situations and miracles, storms will appear. And we still need to do whatever God is calling us to do, even and especially when we are afraid because God is there. In Matthew 8, Jesus heals many. (coughs) He calms the storm, gets to the other side, casts out demons in the boat, casts out demons in the two men. (coughs) In Matthew 8, Jesus heals many, calms the storm, gets to the other side, casts out demons in the two men, Miracle, storm, miracle. Today's biblical story, he feeds the 5,000, calms the storm, gets to the other side, heals the sick. Miracle, storm, miracle. What I want you to hear from God today is greater is on the other side of your storm. Deliverance is on the other side of your storm. Peace is in the storm with you. But joy is on the other side of your storm. You don't have to believe me. Read your Bible. Step into that storm afraid because the peace of God is already there. Some of us remembered the message that pastor preached. And we stepped out into our storms like Peter, while some of us remained in the boat like the other disciples watching. This isn't judgment, it's real life. Life is hard, and we have to stop trying to do it ourselves. We have all experienced stuff. Some storms shaped us, some traumas changed us. We felt like we almost drowned our lungs filled with water we couldn't breathe we can't see it was dark it felt terrifying and paralyzing as scary as that felt I'm here to tell somebody we were simply sinking because we took our eyes off of Jesus or we didn't even try to get out of the boat because we remembered the pain and the fear from last time again no judgment it's life When we focus on what's wrong with us, we only see the damage caused by the storm. And we blame ourselves. But when we focus on what happens to us, it erases the power. And it allows us to see them as attacks from the enemy. This is why the enemy fights so hard to keep us silent. And to keep us ruminating and blaming ourselves. This doesn't apply to everyone but it does apply to certain situations and a few people. Out of the clear blue sky, nobody wakes up and says, I wanna get a divorce. Out of the clear blue sky, no one wakes up and says, I wanna use drugs or be an alcoholic. Out of the clear blue sky, no one wakes up and says, I wanna be in this abusive relationship. Out of the clear blue sky, no one wakes up and says, I wanna struggle over feeding or housing my family. There is a storm that has occurred, a trauma that we are trying to survive. And the enemy wants us to focus on what's wrong with us instead of what happened to us. 
because that keeps us from walking in healing, deliverance, and peace. But God wants us to step out there afraid and peel back those layers from unaddressed trauma and let the peace of God, the healing of God, and the love of God focus on what happened to us in those storms of life. Yes, we have abandonment issues because we were abandoned. Yes, we have trust issues because we've been lied to. Yes, we have control issues because we've been abused. But even when those traumas of life cause us to take our eyes off of God, God doesn't take his eyes off of us. Even when fear and doubt keep us from being focused on God, even when fear and doubt keep us from getting out of the boat and stepping into the storm, Jesus brings the peace to us and calms the storm. Verse 32 tells us when they, Peter and Jesus, climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Who was in the boat? The other disciples. Jesus met them where they were and calmed the storm. No judgment, no ridicule, just love and peace. God meets us where we are. In Matthew 8, he calmed the storm. In Matthew 14, he calmed the storm. Every day, God gives us another chance to not fear or doubt, to have faith and peace. He loves us that much. He never gives up on us. No matter what we've been through, no matter what we have done, he loves us that much. I've been there. I know it's hard. Change is scary. I know someone's heart is broken. Someone is afraid. Someone wasn't protected. Someone has doubts. I know the dysfunction is comfortable and the toxic is familiar. I know you feel alone, but God wants you to know you're never alone. God wants us to know his love, his healing, his peace, his salvation. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God already knows what you are experiencing and feeling. Focus on God's word. The storm is coming. And for some of us, the storm is already here. But the peace of God is already in the storm. So step into that storm and allow God to protect and provide for you. I know it's scary, but come afraid because the peace of God is already there and he will never leave you or abandon you. One of my favorite songs is I Told the Storm by Gregor Quinn. And the psalmist says, even though your winds blow, I want you to know you cause me no alarm because I'm safe in his arms. Even though your rain falls, I can still make this call. Let there be peace. Now I can say, go away. I command you to move today. Because of faith, I have a brand new day. The sun will shine and I will be okay. That's what I told the storm. I told the storm to pass. Storm, you can't last. Go away. I command you to move today. Storm. When God speaks, storm, you have to speak. 
That's what I told the storm. Wind stopped blowing, flood stopped flowing, lightning stopped flashing, breakers stopped action, darkness go away, clouds move away. That's what I told the storm. Death can't shake me, job can't make me, bills can't break me, disease can't take me, you can't drown me, my God surrounds me. That's what I told the storm. What did you tell your storm redeemer? God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the storms of life because we know that you are in the storms of life with us. We know that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for continuously being with us in spite of us and because of us, because you love us so much. Help us to continue moving forward. We know that these storms are coming and we thank you for the grace and the wisdom and the strength and the peace to get through these storms. In Jesus name, we love you. We honor you. Amen. tell your storm what are you telling your storm right now the doors of the church are open <laughs>